It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. All right, welcome back to the Mile High Report radio podcast. It's Raider Week. Raider Week is always the biggest week of the season, unless, of course, you're one of those millennial fans who don't know how big of a rival the Raiders actually are for us old folks, I suppose. But uh, for Raider Week, we have a... yeah. (laughs) Before you go any further, we're going to have to make this explicit because fuck the Raiders. Okay. Well, that's good. Now, I, now I know I have to click the little box that says explicit. That That's how Ian lets me know. But uh, we figured a special show was in order for Raider Week, especially after a, a big week one victory with some 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 big players. And so we have a, a big a big dick player of our own uh, joining us today in Brandon Pernup. Brandon, thank you for, for coming on. We're, we're excited to have you. Yeah, it's a, it's a good week to be on, and knowing that it's been checked as explicit uh, makes me feel very at home, very comfortable right now. Go. I mean, the old man will be a little upset, but I mean, we're just going to plop it out there and expect it to perform this week. <laughs> oh, you did it. I did. Oh, I had to. Early. I got to get it once in this season, right? That's what she said. You slipped it in early. That's what she said. <laughs> so... Uh, let, let's get to it. Um, we know what happened. We got to we got to watch Von Miller wreck the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday. That was 
I mean, as as a fan, after what happened last year with the with that team, that was such a pleasure to watch. Just just a quick review, since we know you've you've already done some of your reviews and everything. How did it feel watching that game on Sunday for you? Uh, <clears throat> I would say it felt uh, hopeful. You know, like last year, I feel like the Broncos sort of just through the duration of the season, we had our hopes just beat out of us. And so to see not just the the pass rush perform well, because I think we kind of expected that to to be intact, but to see the the offense move the ball as effectively as it did, uh, I, that's kind of what stood out to me is like, oh, shit, we have a, a, an offense that's going to get the ball downfield. They can run the ball. The receivers are, are all getting involved. So uh, I, I'm optimistic, but it's week one. So basically, I, I kind of look at week one as the most unpredictable week in the NFL. And you see a lot of crazy things happen that aren't necessarily true for a, a team for an entire season. So uh, I, I want to see more. And I'm hoping the thing that's not going to be true for the Broncos is Case Keenum's tendency to throw interceptions. So I'll, I'll put the optimistic spin on it that way. And one thing that could help Case Keenum is how effective the offensive line block, because I, I thought that that was huge in terms of just giving everyone a, just a, a sort of sigh of relief with how they were able to block and only allow one sack. So I, I, I think that will help Case Keenum going forward. But in terms of the local, the local aspect of it, how excited are you to see Philip Lindsay take what he did at CU and just continue to shine throughout training camp. And then in his first game as a Bronco shine, like he did. You asking me or is yes. that for Adam? Okay. <laughs> He's not going to ask uh, me questions. He knows what I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's, it's obviously like one of those, uh, if it were like a lifetime movie, it would be the, the feel good story sort of of the week with, with Philip Lindsay. Um, I didn't expect him to be as involved as he was. Um, I don't know why. I mean, they used him a ton in the preseason, but I thought he looked even more explosive and more just like a NFL running back. Um, I thought the, the other thing, I saw a stat today on Twitter that uh, Royce Freeman faced a stacked box, so eight defenders in the box, more than any other running back in the league week one. So he had the highest percentage of carries against uh, you know eight defenders stacked against him. And it's not like he had this big breakout game, but in the fourth quarter, Royce Freeman, you know, got the Broncos first downs when they were trying to to run down the clock. So kind of like it, it, I'm excited about both of those guys equally, uh, especially as like the most cliche running back thing you can say as the, the one two punch back there. Um, it's it's kind of true, though. Freeman's like this grinded out back. And then Philip Lindsay, you can throw him the pass and he can break free. I mean, obviously, there's blown coverage on his uh, his big touchdown run, but I saw him squirm through holes as well and pick up first down. So both guys uh, I'm pretty excited about. The other cliche is thunder and lightning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I, you know what? You're you're right about Freeman, though, and that's one of the things we talked about uh, right after the show or right after the game on our post game show. They both had they had identical numbers rushing the ball, mm-hmm. fifteen for seventy one. Which I, I'm I'm curious how often that's happened in the history of the NFL. But I'm I don't never. have the desire that's to go happened. look it up. It's never. It's the first time, right? We can you just can't say that. Do that. It's, <laughs> so it's so it's the first time ever. So that's pretty. That's a pretty good way to start. And and really, that's a pretty good average. So I, I think you're right to point out that even though Royce Freeman didn't have that breakout game that everybody saw from Philip Lindsay, the two of them together look like they're going to be difficult for defenses to game plan. And I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. So um, did you, did you pick a, a, a BDP? Did you already announce that? Or is that some, are you saving that for your, for your no, upcoming I, show? I gave that up. I don't hold it back. Uh, it was, I, I gave it to Von Miller, I believe. Well, so, how could you not? I mean, he, I, he's won it before, but like he wrecked that game. I mean, the three sacks, the, and I, I forgot to even mention that he had two forced fumbles. Um, you know, he had that hit on Russell Wilson. I just, you just forgot because the Seahawks recovered it. Um, but I thought he played really well. And I thought, you know, I thought Emmanuel Sanders played very well. Obviously him and Keenum have uh, strong chemistry. They like uh, each other. You can tell. They, they do. And it's, I mean, it's good to see. It's kind of shitty. Though, knowing that Emmanuel Sanders is probably gone after this year, and now he's got like this quarterback that he loves and he is playing with passion. But um, yeah, I think those were kind of like the two guys competing, I would say. Uh, I guess the other thing I thought was weird that I didn't realize until after the game was that Shaq Barrett only got four snaps. Did you guys talk about that? No, we didn't. But I, I mentioned the fact that he got a sack and he still got like two tackles for loss and yeah, and and four it, snaps. Four That's insane. Snaps. It's like why are the why do they not have him out there more? Is my question. Uh, and I think Bradley Chubb had more snaps than any defender on the team, which is good with your you know your fifth overall pick. But if Shaq's that effective, like. I don't know why he's not out there more would be my question. I think that's like one of those things I'm going to watch this weekend to see if they, they use him more. And especially with how the, the Raiders struggled with the Rams pass rushers who aren't on any level with the orange rush. <laughs> right. At least they're edge rushers. You know what I mean? Like the Rams defensive lines arguably better, but uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. If if Derek Carr was under pressure quite a bit, you know, already, and if the Broncos, given the Broncos are going to face a better offensive line, the one thing that's easy to maybe overlook is see the Seahawks offensive line is terrible. So uh, I don't expect the Broncos to get uh, six sacks every week, but uh, and the Raiders will. That's like the only strength of their team right now is their line. That's a good Especially point. the interior of the line, because the interior of the line did did pretty good against Sue and Aaron Donald. Right. That no, that's a that's a really good point. So I, I guess why don't we go ahead and, and and start looking at the Raiders game? It is Raider Week and and we hate them so much. So so much. Raiders. And uh <laughs> yes, that exactly. Fuck the Raiders. Um I have to be careful. I'm sure I have students that are listening. I, I'm a, I don't know if you know this, Perna, but I'm a teacher. I teach, oh, junior, okay. I teach junior high, and I have a few students that listen to the podcast. So I'll get some looks. Yeah, that makes it tricky. That it makes does. It makes it tricky. tricky. So I have, to, I have to be careful. I'll get some looks 
uh, tomorrow in school. But that's all right. I don't mind the looks as long as they're Although just looks. Although you already said big dick player, so. I, you know what? I Did I did, or did I go BDP? I don't remember. It's fine. I, you said <laughs> you the dick both. word. You all right. said the dick word. Look, it's out there. Big dick player's out there. It is what it if, is. If any of Adam's students are listening, uh, <laughs> I want you to uh, give him the big dick player award in class. Actually, I will I will tell you a quick story here because my um it was like my I had a student 2 years ago and he he came to me and I have Bronco stuff hanging in my classroom and everybody knows I'm a big Bronco fan and he came to me and he goes, "Hey um do you know uh do you know a guy named Brandon Perna?" That's what, <laughs> he like whispered it to me like he was going to get in trouble. <laughs> I said, "Yeah, I know I know Perna. We put his videos up on on the blog and yeah, That's I know hilarious. who he is." It's like my family and I, we watch him every week. So he sits down and watches it with his parents. So this eight, that's eighth hilarious. grade kid. So I yeah, thought that, that was pretty good. funny. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. It's a small world, I suppose. What are you looking for in, in the game against the Raiders? Let's go ahead and jump into it. Keys to the game, that kind of stuff. What are you looking for from the Denver Broncos on Sunday? Besides utter and total domination? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe more that's specifically awesome. than that. Um, let me think here. Okay. So the first thing would be whether or not they can cover Jared cook. I think that's going to be a good one, uh, because he looked like the, the biggest offensive weapon for the Raiders. I think he was, I think I heard today he was targeted 12 times, maybe had 11 catches or something. I don't know. I don't know how many catches he had, but he was targeted 12 times. He was all over the field and we saw the Broncos struggle against Will Disley, some guy I've never heard of. Uh, dilly Dilly. Against the, yeah, the Seahawks. So uh, figuring that out, and I think uh, that's probably part of the reason the Broncos activated uh, safety Shumarco Thomas is to get some help. Uh, the other thing, let's see, what, let's see, what was I thinking? We have Jared Cook and then, oh, yeah, eliminating the turnovers. I expect I want to see Case Keenum finish the game with zero interceptions, not one interception. You know what I mean? Just none, because he was the one thing he did very well in Minnesota was not turn the ball over. And uh, that's the the one thing I think the 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 offense really needs to do is be smart with the football, uh, it's especially to help out the defense. Um I want to. I think that the defense can really be dominant if we don't. If you know the Broncos' offense doesn't cough up the ball, and they they could have, you know, lost that fumble in, in the game. Royce Freeman, Pete Carroll couldn't get the challenge flag out of his pocket or whatever the hell it was. So it, there could have been another turnover for the Broncos again. Week one, like we saw tons of turnovers. Uh, I mean, Matthew Stafford threw four picks. Ben Roethlisberger through three so i'm not going to read too much into it but that would be uh one of the the, the big things that i want to see anyway yeah what do you equate cases interceptions to by the way do you think it's like first game jitters him being a human and being a franchise quarterback for the first time playing for a historic franchise with fans who are crazy and they want yeah, to have expectations or bad decisions. I think there are bad decisions. I don't think the game was too big for him. Um, I mean, last year, I think he really got sort of the experience he needs to, to be a starting 
franchise quarterback uh, when you win a playoff game, you know, the, especially the way that they did in Minnesota with the Stefan Diggs touchdown. Like I think he's equipped to handle like the pressure. Yeah. I, I just think they were bad decisions. Um, I think one or two times it's just staring down his throw too. I, I don't think he, he looked off the safety. I mean, Earl Thomas made an easy read on, on the first pick. Um, and maybe the, the other safety, Bradley McDougal's just a pretty dang good safety. I don't know. But um, I think the knock on Keenum, though, from the, you know, like Mike Zimmer and the coaches who didn't love him is that he would take too many chances if they didn't try to sort of keep the offense conservative with him. Uh, I think that's the reason why like Mike Zimmer wanted to move past him and go after Kirk Cousins. So it might just be kind of in his nature that he's going to throw the ball. He's going to throw it around. And even like the game winning touchdown to Demaryius Thomas was <laughs> like, that wasn't necessarily a safe throw. You know what I mean? He just, he shot it, just it in worked. there and it worked. So I think that might be kind of the way Keenum wants to play the game. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it, you know, pans out throughout the course of a season. Yeah. What was interesting about that first pick is Ray Crockett talked about how he, he saw that Earl Thomas was able to dupe Demarius Thomas and Case Keenum into that decision by making it look like they were in man coverage. And then Earl Thomas basically forced them into him making that throw. So it was just a great play by Earl Thomas. Not to disagree with Ray Crockett because he (laughs) is actually the, the one who played in the NFL, but I remember watching, watching that, and they when they showed the replay from behind Case Keenum, it was incredibly obvious. And and of course, I had already known that the ball was going to be picked off, so maybe this is unfair. But it was incredibly obvious that Earl Thomas had keyed on that play and knew exactly what was going to happen. And Keenum didn't adjust to it. He didn't see him. He didn't read that well at all. And, and maybe Earl Thomas played it right I don't know but it didn't look like Thomas did anything more than plant his foot in the ground and and just go catch the ball which was a ball that in my opinion never should have been thrown because you could see him standing there you knew he was standing there waiting for it so if Keenum if I saw it and Keenum didn't that makes me a little nervous but I think you're right Brandon I think it's more about he's he's a bit of a risk taker he yeah maybe he thinks he can fit a ball into any any particular square that you ask him to throw it into and that can be a little dangerous. And we maybe as fans, we have to accept some of those mistakes because he's going to give us those big moments like he gave us with Demarius Thomas at the end of the game as well. Yeah, they bounced back with like a, a touchdown or a score after every one of those turnovers. So it takes a little bit of, you know, the worry out of the equation. But uh, I think I think you're right in that if it were a quarterback like, uh, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady back there. I think they're going to identify what the def- like what Earl Thomas is going to do, what 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 defense it is, and uh, I think that does just come with more time actually playing the game. You know, given Keenum, Keenum's had reps, but last year and even he didn't even start a full season last year, but you know it was close enough. So uh, I think those things kind of you figure out over time too, hopefully. So how great. Is it that Khalil Mack is no longer with the Raiders? And can you still believe that John Gruden is that dumb to trade him? Yeah, I can. (laughs) I mean, I guess 
I guess there are a few ways to look at it, but no, it's awesome. Like, I am so happy he's gone. You know, we saw what Khalil Mack can do on Sunday night. He's just as good. Uh, he, you know, you can't you can't outplay Aaron Rodgers because he has. I'm not, I'm not even a religious person, but he has God on his side. There's no there's no doubt about it. Like he's going to win football games no matter what. Uh, but Khalil Mack was a, a game wrecker. And the fact that the Broncos don't have to uh, block him is nice. Although we finally, it appears we have a right tackle who may have been able to keep up with him. But uh, if if I had to bet on, you know, Jared Valdir or Khalil Mack, I'm probably going to take the Khalil Mack bet. So it is a, a little bit of a safety blanket for us. Uh, yes, I, like I don't know if John Gruden knows what he's doing or I don't know if that it's actually part of the plan because I've heard the Raiders are just going to – basically cruise until they get to Vegas and they're going to rebuild the team. They're just trying to stock draft picks. That's why they have all these old guys. I don't know. I don't think they're actually that smart. So I'm going to just buy into the idea that it's, he's stupid. It's almost like you don't want people to talk about it. Cause you don't want them to go, Oh, oh yeah, that's a, that's what we're doing. That's a good idea. That's, that's what we're doing. We don't, you don't want them right. to know about that option. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, it was Pro Football Talk on Twitter today had a, a quote uh, from Gruden. Says, he said that uh, he was going to look in to uh, figure out why the, the pass rush wasn't working last night against the Rams. <laughs> hmm. I, 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 I don't, don't know. know. What could that have what, what could the problem have been? Well, I don't, yeah, what was it? It's crazy. Well, I hope he figures it out, poor guy. Well, that but, I mean... A- I wanted to, to bring up a shout out to Mike DeSico who listens, but he had a, he had a great tweet this morning. So I'm going to ask you, Brandon, what do you think is harder for Raiders fans convincing themselves that Mac wasn't really that good, convincing themselves that Carr really is that good. Second grade math. Oh, wow. That's interesting. That's a tough one. You know, second grade math is hard. <laughs> Have a kid and then try and help your kid do their second grade math, and then come back and talk to me about how how easy second grade math is. I'm just saying, just putting it out there. So I think it's second grade math is harder for them. And you're a a teacher, so. I I teach language arts and social studies. I don't don't do math. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I think think the hardest thing to do if you're a Raiders fan is convince yourself Khalil Mack wasn't, wasn't good. Because he won Defensive Player of the Year, right? Yeah, and he was an all-pro at two different positions. Yeah, so I think that that would be the biggest lie you would have to start to tell yourself. Um, John Gruden and like the, the Raiders taking the approach saying like Khalil Mack didn't want to be here is bullshit because the, the Raiders don't even want to be in Oakland. So how can you can how can you like throw that around on a guy who's just trying to get paid and who the in, the information came out that he was willing to take, you know, a little bit less money to stay in Oakland like it's on the Raiders organization. It's on I mean Mark Davis is that guy's a, he's he's a puppet, right? This is John Gruden's running everything now. So I don't I don't think uh, if you're a Raiders fan, even when they go to, to Vegas, I don't know if the outlook for their organization is good. And just a couple of years ago, you would have said the opposite. So 
if you're going to sympathize with the Raiders fan, which I won't because they're terrible, uh, that that's how I would feel for them. And I went with, in terms of the answer to that question, I went with all the above plus grammar. <laughs> hey, don't be making fun of grammar. She's old. She's a nice lady. Oh, oh, grammar. Is she, grammar. Was she a part of the same fleet as diversity? She probably is. <laughs> What was their sign? You're fired. You're you know, fired. You're fired. Yeah. Y O U R. Sorry, I was trying to remember. No, it's all good. It's I can't good. talk too much shit because in my uh, top seven episode today, uh, I actually had eight, and I I didn't realize it till I was recording the episode and I counted wrong. So you just gave one away. That's all. Yeah. 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 A, free, a freebie. We like to call that a freebie. Also, I in my post game, I said Philip Lindsay was the, the first offensive player to wear 30 since Terrell Davis, and that's incorrect. Uh, you guys can confirm this, right? Uh, who was the who was it, though? Um, I guess Mike Bell and somebody else. And here's the bad part is because I do a podcast, too, on Thursdays uh, with Will Keys, and we talked about that, and I totally just forgot. And I think it's in my head that Philip Lindsay's the first, uh, you know, running back to wear 30 because they made such a big deal of it. Um, it just like it just turned into a fact in my head that he was the first guy so much so that even after I learned that he wasn't, I forgot it. So uh, I just had to get that off my chest because it's been eating away at me. Do you just based on the number talk, do you think the numbers are, are a big deal in the NFL? No. no. Like, okay. <laughs> Like you th- I think it's silly when people get upset that like Adam Jones is wearing twenty four. Like that's Champ Bailey's number. Uh, he, what did he didn't win a Super Bowl? What like come on? What are we doing here? And yeah, yeah, it's, it doesn't taint like doesn't taint Champ Bailey's legacy. It's you got to have numbers on the team for people to wear. I don't know. People get weird about retiring numbers and like I thought Elway should have given Marquette King number seven. So I mean that's how much those numbers mean to me. That would be awesome. That actually, I would have been okay with that. That he, that would have been fun. Why if not? he would have said no to Case Keenum to wearing it, but then given it to Marquette King, <laughs> would have been a badass move. What uh, what message way, would that I send? To, I have to chime in here because Adam had an even bigger gaffe in the podcast because he had Philip Rivers as the quarterback for the Seahawks. I wouldn't call it a gaffe. I mean, <laughs> I just you know it was um, sometimes it was late. you say things. I was tired. It was late. You know, it happens. I was thinking about Philip Rivers because I had Melvin Gordon going, and I was uh, and I hadn't yeah. really been paying attention to my fantasy, and I was wondering about that. And so, by the way, I won one of my leagues today. Uh, last night, the guy I was up against had the Rams defense, and I had Cooper Cup going, and we were neck and neck, and I ended up winning by point zero six points. Six oh, one hundredths of a point. One. He's very mad at me like it was my fault. Like it's I, I didn't I didn't play the games. And just pick the right teams. Yeah, so that's talk- the, the thing that's funny is like because I like talk about football and cover it. People, people think, think you do fantasy. Yeah, they think I'm good at it, or but it, it becomes harder because like my energy is spent making videos and other things. And this weekend, so I took I took uh, Dan Bailey as my kicker, and the the Cowboys cut him right, and I was like, oh crap they cut dan bailey 
So it's like, shit, I need to pick up a picker or a kicker. And the, the top guy up there, there's like two people. And uh, I just took Kai Forbath. He was like, oh, the Vikings, I think their offense will be pretty good. I'll take Kai Forbath. Well, Kai Forbath isn't playing for any team right now either. So I replaced Dan Bailey with another fucking kicker that wasn't even playing this weekend. And, and I didn't even know it until yesterday. I was like, oh, the Vikings didn't kick any field goals. I was like, wait, they scored touchdowns. Did Kai Forbath miss all the extra points? Then I had to get in there and read that he, he was a free agent too. And the reason I picked him was like, oh, yeah, that's one of those guys who's like, you've heard the name. And you're never going to take him, but he's going to score like 11 points or some shit like that. And uh, I also had Matthew Stafford. So even though my team scored a ton of points, Stafford killed me and no kicker killed me. It'll happen. So that's my fantasy story. <laughs> well, my fantasy kicker was Brett Mayer with the Cowboys, and he did as much as Kai Forbath or Dan Bailey. Right. <laughs> Why do you, does do you guys know why the Cowboys cut Dan Bailey? Because they're not very because, good. I think that Ben. I think it's also because of money and because Jerry Jones Sucks. is an alcoholic idiot. And because Bailey's not hurt or anything, right? I don't think I so. Don't, I didn't hear anything about him being injured or anything. I don't know. The, why isn't he on a roster then? Because he's one of the like top five field goal kickers in the league. He's a very good kicker. It's I, crazy. You could probably say ever because he his accuracy is just insane. I thought he was old, but he's I think he's under thirty. So, well, I, I mean, know. he's younger than Vinatieri, so he's young. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's who I, I tried to pick up to replace Kai Forbath this week. <laughs> how but did we end up on Vinatieri. kickers? How did we end up on kickers? <laughs> Speaking of kickers, how did you come up with the with the gooch? How was that a nickname that you came up with or, or a phrase that you that you use? Oh, I, I didn't even come up with it. Uh, my best friend who's done like some podcasts with me before too, uh, Alan Sharp did it. It was like, I don't know, two, 20, oh shit, 2015, I think. The season opener, I was live streaming the Steelers-Patriots game. And it was just one of those things like he just said down the gooch while we were live streaming. And uh, it's just something, you know, we thought was funny and it turned into a thing. It's all it Same way right like there. the big dick player did. Like it was just a throwaway line I said about Eric Decker in the Broncos Cowboys game. And, you know, you put up an episode and a bunch of the comments are about that. You're like, oh, you, that's what you like? Okay, yeah, I'll make more big dick player jokes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> big never, dick decker. It's like you, you, I write like a joke that I think is really good and nobody notices it, and you say one stupid thing and everybody likes that, so I don't know. The gooch was just kind of one of those. Just goes to show that maybe you shouldn't put as much effort into it as you think, right? Right, I should try less hard. hard. Yeah, exactly. Work too hard. And gooch is just fun to say, down the gooch. It is, yeah, I like it. Right down the gooch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rolls like off it. the tongue. <laughs> That's he what does. she said. Um, <laughs> we, have, we have derailed a little here. Uh, what, what are you looking for this season from the Broncos? Let's try, let's try and find the tracks a little bit here. Uh, I, I know that last year was tough. The last two seasons, to be honest, were just not yep. fun to watch, really. Um, Brutal. What, what are you looking for? When you look at this team, what what are your expectations? What are you hoping to see? Just just kind of give us an idea of where your your mind is at with this team. Um, 
I mean, just for them to be better and competitive, I think everybody would be happy if, you know, they found their way into the playoffs via a wild card spot. Seeing the Chargers lose week one, though, like anything's possible. They could finish first in the division. So that'll be my new sort of hope. Uh, although I still think the Chargers are good. Kind of looking back at that game a little bit, uh, it was just a bunch of self-inflicted like mistakes by by the Chargers. So I, st- I still think they're going to be really competitive. Um, so you you know it, playing better than the the competition in your division is a big thing. Uh, I think they can do that against Kansas City, although their offense looks explosive. Um, the Raiders, I'm not too worried about. I think that the it looks like the offense is going to be better. You, it looks like Case Keenum is going to be good enough, and that Bill Musgrave is going to be a defense, uh, an off, a decent offensive coordinator. He's going to be a def, a decent, a defense offense coordinator for the Broncos. Words are hard. It's cool. You're, you're doing great. <laughs> but what I I think the big question is like, what kind of coach is Vance Joseph? I want to get a read on whether or not I think he's a good head football coach. And there's two ways I feel like head football coaches are kind of identified as being really good. One, they're either like that genius levels, like schemer. So you're Bill Belichick. Uh, I think even like Doug Peterson kind of got that reputation of being like a master, like play caller. And if uh, Kyle Shanahan has that success, in San Francisco, he can be that kind of guy. And then your other, your other like good head coaches, and, and it's not that he was great, but while he was here, John Fox just let the guys who knew what they were doing uh, do those things. Let your offensive coordinator and your defensive coordinator run your team, and you function just as a good manager. And I think that's the kind of coach Vance Joseph has to be, is the guy who relies on those two top tier positions and just lead your team and be like the guy that players do like and want to play for and not that fake like rah rah shit that you know players don't buy into so uh because i don't think he is like that kind of mastermind sort of coach so i'm hoping he turns into that leader that people uh just rally behind and identifies talent and lets talent sort of you know make decisions for him that he can't make it's kind of the way i would lead one day <laughs> just just put two super smart people underneath me and let them run the business or the team or whatever the hell it is and you take the credit for it <laughs> one of the things that adam and i talked about prior to the season and pretty much for the last couple of weeks since training campus we wanted to see what would happen when this team faced adversity i don't i don't want to ever see them get any sort of adversity <laughs> I want 43 to nothing games, every Broncos, game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then just a blowout loss in the Super Bowl. <laughs> but sorry seeing, to derail you there. That's all right. <laughs> seeing that they did face some adversity on Sunday it, from the, the interceptions from Case Keenum when maybe last year it, those decisions and those turnovers would have just thrown the team completely out of whack and it would have derailed everything. Is it a, a positive sign to you that? the team isn't going to derail then it's maybe going to be able to to withstand diversity and, and keep an even keel throughout the course of a game no matter what happens good or bad 
Yeah, no, I think that's an excellent point. Um, I think I've been kind of keeping score uh, between you and Adam, who's making better points, and I think you just took the lead there. With oh, that one. come on! I've go. been pretty good. <laughs> Sorry, that's all right. Adam's no, I got some. St- I've got away, some things written down. Take oh. away that award. Right. No, I think that's no, I think that's that's fair, and yeah, that's definitely something you want to see. And if you look at just you know the NFL over the weekend, Case Keenum was the only quarterback who threw three interceptions and also won the game, right? So Roethlisberger got a tie, um, Stafford lost, uh, Derek Carr lost, and I think one other quarterback might have thrown three picks. Um, so yeah, I think I think knowing that you've got a guy who even when something terrible happens is going to go back out there and try to make a play again. And I think maybe that's probably the biggest criticism you could throw towards Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon, right? Is when something went bad, it was just like, it got worse. Uh, Brock Osweiler, maybe not so much that guy, but he just didn't seem to learn from the mistakes ever. (laughs) Um (laughs) Or have enough talent to actually carry the team back. So, uh, yeah, I think that is something Broncos fans should be very hopeful for at this point. But, there, you know, let's see what happens with a, a bigger challenge against a better team. Because Seattle, uh, outside of their offensive line, line being bad, I don't know how good that defense is anymore. Like, nobody's there. You know, Earl Thomas and Bobby Wagner, both great, but that's – basically it on that that defense right now right they're a little bit in shambles and, and the the game against the Raiders should be a, a little bit tougher I would think I, I don't know that the Broncos really face a real test though until Kansas City and so do I, they I, play week three I think it's the Jets I think it's the Jets so oh, a little, okay they get to to see Sam Darnold in action which which will be interesting uh, yeah, Jets look good, but they, they also yeah, they they look good. But like you said, week one sort of that was right. that was a crazy game to watch. I, I think um, what I kind of what I like to see from that game though was when they had that big offensive letdown. Which how how do I say that defensive letdown when they gave up that long pass to Lockett uh, from Wilson on the rollout. The the offense came out and responded. That to me it was was something that we haven't seen in years past was the response of the offense to a mistake by the defense, which is another big point to that. They made their own mistakes and bounced back, but then they picked up the defense. We haven't seen that in two years. So that, that to me was, was also probably pretty important. And do you think that carries over to the Raiders game? Do they, are, is that something that you think we'll see continually throughout the the year or will the defense not let that happen anymore like they've they've made their mistake and they're done uh i don't know i think we're gonna find out like we talked about vance joseph but i think we're gonna find out what kind of coach joe woods is as well like he talked about you know being a first-time defensive coordinator and how that was a challenge for him uh, last year and maybe the you know the biggest mistake was letting wade phillips go um but you know, the Rams defense kind of gave up some big plays, you know, yesterday too. So yeah, I think, I don't know whether or not they're going to correct those things because I think uh, part of it's communication issues uh, and it's just making sure guys are in the right place. And then the the one really long play to, to Disley, there was just a bunch of missed tackles, terrible, poor tackling that I think can be fixed. Like, 
I think that is definitely sort of a product of, of week one and the defense, your starters just not playing a ton. But the, the touchdown to Lockett was uh, a missed assignment by Justin Simmons, who kind of just got turned around there. I think he's like a smart enough player, um, especially because it was in communication with Chris Harris. I think Chris Harris is the type of guy who's going to make sure, you know, the guy around him knows what he needs to be doing. So I think that'll get corrected, but I need to see it first. And again, with Jared Cook, uh, we'll get a, a taste of whether or not that sort of uh, will happen. And then the Raiders signed Martavis Bryant. Uh, I don't know if he'll be an impact, but, you know, he's a he's like a home run hitter. So he might be a challenge to cover on, on deep balls. We'll, we'll see. I think the the key weapon that the Broncos have this week that they didn't have against the rainy city bitch pigeons is Sharknado. They have Shemarco a Shark- Th- Thomas. Him and Diamante, man, those are two cool named safeties. Shamarco <laughs> and Diamante. Coming at you. A lot better than Adam, Ian, and Brandon. I can tell you that. <laughs> That's right. Amen to that. <laughs> hey, we're doing all right. If we went by just our last names, we'd be okay. We'd be a really good law firm. St. Clair, Perna, and Malnati. <laughs> yeah, we, no, that's better. That's it's better. way better, right? Yeah, a lot stronger. And yeah. that's, that's what would be on our jersey. So Yeah, nobody's going to know. But really, we're just uh, three middle-aging white guys with uh, beards. And, and a yes. little gray, a little gray. Go on, and little some gray, gray fucking, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's Brandon, Adam, and Ian. But the last name, we could be anybody. We, yeah, we could be a, we could be a superhero team. Right. What What do you make of Patrick Mahomes' debut for the Chiefs? Uh, I think it's a little overhyped. Um, and Will Will Keys pointed this out to me because two of his two of his touchdown passes were little shovel passes. So really, yeah. he, he threw like two real touchdown passes, and even one of those was just like. Tyreek Hill turning it into a giant gain. Um, so I haven't watched enough to give a fair assessment, but just like watching the highlights, I was like, oh, <laughs> literally two of them were goal line shovel passes, not even a shovel pass, a little pitch. I don't even know how it's counted as a touchdown. All right. A, a it's because the ball team. went forward. I, 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 you know, I had. Is that uh, the rule? Yeah. Well, I had Jared Goff going last night too on one of my fantasy teams, and I was, I was excited. I, I was like, I hope that's a touchdown pass for me because I think it was, um, who, who's the the fast guy they have on uh, the Rams this year? Cooks. I think it was Cooks. He he just comes running across. It might have even been Gurley running across, and he just flipped it forward to him because he didn't go backwards with it, but he went forward. I got a touchdown pass. Yeah, that's an interesting thing because the Rams ran that play like five or six times, right? They ran right. it back-to-back once, uh, and the Chiefs ran that too. And that's not a play I have seen a ton of. Like, you might see that once in a game. So the Broncos' defense, I think, should pay attention to that because the Chiefs did it and the Rams did it. Two teams are going to play against, and the Raiders saw the Rams uh, be effective with it. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders try to implement a couple of those plays, you know, into their offense because it looked like a nice designed play. Sure. Can you imagine Emmanuel Sanders or Philip Lindsay running that play? Exactly. I mean, I mean, I think it's something even the Broncos could look at running, especially since it worked against the Raiders once already. 
And I think it would work for DT because I think that's one he could actually catch. Oh, that's unnecessary roughness. I'm throwing the flag. That's a personal foul. Come on. You made the most important catch of the game. That's right. You know what? That's overcoming adversity, which was the point that you made, and then you you spit on that guy. It's terrible. It's just terrible. But but to that – to his point, like, that was uh, one thing I kind of noticed. I was like, man, TT's not – he hasn't been too involved in the game. But in the second half, uh, he became more involved. And, you know, I think he was the second leading receiver. But um, it, was, it was nice to see Cortland Sutton out there too. Like, the Broncos have – they have a lot of options in the passing game, whether it's any of those three receivers – or Philip Lindsay out of the backfield. We didn't see Deshaun Hamilton yet. Uh, I think he he will get utilized more as the season progresses. And even Jake Butt and Jeff Hireman. I mean, Jake Butt made two third down conversions. So not that the tight ends were super involved, but it was nice just to see them uh, kind of at important times in the game. There's yeah, a lot Hireman of options. Had a, Hireman had one on the sidelines too, sort of one that, yeah. that kind of moved the chains as well. So a very nice, like toe tap or, yeah. or some shit. Kind of, he was well, falling Hamilton, backwards. Right. Hamilton had a Rod Smith, Eddie McCaffrey game by throwing some, some key blocks. Right. So doing the break, little things to break guys free. So that, that that's a positive sign for him too. Oh yeah. No, the it's uh you've got to be excited about the skill players, which is complete opposite of the way it felt uh, last year, the year before, and kind of even that Super even Bowl Super year. Bowl, like I was just going to say, yeah. Owen Daniels was like your tight end threat. You know what I mean? And <laughs> um, Yeah, so I mean, that's one thing I'm very excited about is it feels like we've got toys, you know? <laughs> toys, are, toys are fun. I love like toys. Like that fast Porsche poster you got hanging behind you. It's a, is that a Porsche or it's Ferrari? A, it's Ferrari. It's Ferrari. That's what I meant. Ferrari. Yeah, it's all right. And I and I got you know there's there's Peyton. Yeah, Peyton, and you got the Ferrari. Over my shoulder, telling me all of the good things I'm supposed to be doing. He's, he's keeping keeping watch. He's getting ready to throw me a duck. I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's nice is that there's a quarterback to actually get to to utilize the toys to play with them. Yeah. No shit. So that helps. Speaking of all the toys. Uh, because we are apparent at Toys R Us closed and the Denver Broncos opened. Um, give give us one one or two of your players to watch. Maybe give us an offensive player to watch against the Raiders and a defensive player to watch. Uh, no, don't watch any of them. No, I'm just not going to do that. Oh, I've never had anybody refuse a, a question before. I don't know how to do. I don't know what. Uh, yeah, what's you proper in an etiquette here? Situation is this it? where I like I just slam the computer shut and I walk off and you and Ian sit there and don't know what to do or <laughs> what's the, what's the process here? I'm taking the Marquette King approach. Okay, I like it. Oh, okay. So, but you make no, no, videos no, maybe, then. I just got to think about it. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to think because I haven't even like jumped into looking at this game yet. Um, but based on what I saw last night from the Raiders, maybe, maybe Bradley Chubb. Okay. Like I thought he was, he was in the backfield. He got his half sack. Um, I think the, the Raiders might be a little more prepared for Von Miller based on what he did last week. Uh, so maybe a guy to watch is, is Bradley Chubb. And if, Von Miller's getting double or triple teamed by a good offensive line. Uh, let's see if that draft pick 
is going to pay off early. I think it's definitely going to pay off, you know, over the long term. On the other side, well, Marquette King's a guy to watch too because he's playing against his old team. And the Raiders punter did not look good last night. So uh, that's that's a great storyline to keep your eye on. Offensively, oh, man. I think Royce Freeman. I think Philip Lindsay stole the show. Um, I think maybe Royce Freeman will have – well. No, Royce Freeman in the second half again because the Raiders did a pretty good job against Todd Gurley for the first half of that game. And then when that defense got tired, he just started to, you know, wear at him. And I think Royce Freeman, he's not Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley's a freak athlete. But in a similar context, he's a guy who I think when the defense gets tired is when he's going to shine. So without really thinking about it those are my answers those are great answers for on and I I, I uh I meant to put you on the spot and I am I'm impressed I'm impressed with no. your ability to come up with something <laughs> out of I'm just excited air. that we could have an explosive chub oh. yeah that would be I think you you need a pill for that they, they make several pills you just have to pick John the Green right one need a pill <laughs> and I don't know if you need a pill to stop explosive chubs or to get explosive chubs I think you might need one to grab a hold of the chub. <laughs> so, yeah you know, exactly yeah the explosive chub is a it's gonna be a joke that lasts for well if it lasts for more than four hours you need to contact your doctor uh, what about right. the explosive butt <laughs> yeah it's uh, that's what I'm saying you don't know exactly what the problem is Ian give us your players to watch. I I think it's going to be whoever is covering Jared Cook because <laughs> that's going to be a, a, a committee <laughs> effort. So I think that might be where Chubb comes in because he and Miller and Shaq Barrett, hopefully he gets more than four snaps. They can just yeah. get after Derek Carr and not allow him to throw the ball to Cook. Yeah. You know, it was interesting because in against – the Seahawks, it felt like Chubb was in coverage uh, a little more than he should have been. And he, he seemed a little uncomfortable in coverage. And that was that was perplexing. I was perplexed yeah. a little bit by that. Like if there was some sort of uh, design there that I, I wasn't aware of or they were trying to fool the offense. But to me, that's not playing to your player's strengths. So I, didn't, I didn't enjoy that. So Yeah, uh, I think the design there is put Shaq Barrett in, you idiots. The guy who does that... <laughs> second best in that group like the the most complete player is von miller because he rushes the passer he plays the run well and he can drop into coverage when needed the other guy who does those things is shaq barrett you know what i mean he's not exactly. he hasn't been as like dominant of a pass rusher as and it's not even fair to say dominant because they it's shane ray but shane ray has been a little bit better as a pure pass rusher but shaq barrett does those other things really well, making him more of a complete player. So to your point, like I didn't notice Chubb doing those things because I tried to live stream half the game and I miss a lot of shit. Um, but if that's the case and Baird only has, you know, four snaps, I think he's the easy solution. Like, cause he does those things better. And then I, I, offensively I'll go with case Keenum because if he limits the turnovers, I mean, even if he cuts two of those interceptions from Sunday, that's at least six points. That's a nine-point lead. That's a that's a a three-point or a, a two-possession game. So I I think if he limits the turnovers and doesn't throw any interceptions this week, I I think it'll be a, a very good outcome this weekend. 
I liked it. I think that's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go on defense. I'm going to go with Chris Harris. Uh, he's probably going to be matched up with Amari Cooper, and and that's that's where the secondary is going to have to shine is they're going to have to make sure that um, if Derek Carr does for some reason have time to throw, that Amari Cooper isn't uh, isn't making big plays, and I think that's going to be Chris Harris's job to to limit those big plays if the defensive line can't get to the quarterback. That's just it's going to be necessary. And then on the offensive side of the ball, I, I think it's the wide receivers in general. I, I like the idea of, of paying attention to uh, Cortland Sutton because I'd like to see that rookie uh, have an impact or even Deshaun Hamilton. But I think the ones that are really going to be important to watch are Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas again. Uh, they're the veterans. They're the the sure-handed guys. And I know sure-handed is more Emmanuel Sanders than Demarius Thomas. But those are the guys that are going to make the plays that are going to keep Case Keenum safe from those terrible interceptions yeah i'd like to see a tight end touchdown too yeah that'd be fun why not like a, a butt down yes I'd that's what we'll that. call also it when it happens yes if it happens it's a butt down so we need to have an explosive butt and an explosive chub exactly Ooh, i think that sounds like we need to see our doctor and does chris harris jr rip off amari cooper's ch- oh that, that's right He's now playing in the ball with the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, no, no crap. Hopefully, Mark Cooper wears ripping. a chain. Yeah, that's I don't okay. Think he will. That's that's a distraction. I think the Broncos could do without from this point forward. So, um, any predictions? We want to do predictions for this game. Mm, mm. Yeah, I predict the Broncos win, starting two and zero, and that goes against the way I thought they're going to start the season. Thought they're going to start slow. But based on the recent transactions for the Raiders, uh, their performance, <laughs> I feel good about the Broncos getting a win. Ian, what do you got for me? You got a score prediction? I'll go with 31-13. Oh, you are a little more confident than I am. I'm with 27-10, but I think we're all picking the Broncos here, which, which makes perfect sense. Why would any of us pick the Raiders? Even if we thought that the Broncos would lose, I would never pick the Raiders. I, no, exactly. I would never. I agree. I would never pick the Raiders. So, Just fuck the Raiders. Yes. All right. <laughs> uh, that that was my uh, was my podcast partner Ian St. Clair saying that kids don't be uh, don't don't swear. <laughs> Disclaimer. Something I don't know. So all right. Um, I don't know. I think we're I think we're good. Right. That's pretty cool. much it. Yeah, we talked a lot of football. Yeah, if we, we filled up the football cup, so yes, we did. Um, what we just want to say thanks again, Brandon, for coming on. We we enjoyed having you. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. You know, it's, it's we'll definitely uh, have to have you on again. Yeah, it's uh, one of those things that's always fun to do when we get the chance. So um, now we are on to we're on to Raider Week, everybody. Cool. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or... I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat 
from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>